It's Auto In with your host, Seth Kelly, with special guest, Harrison Witcher. In this episode, how is a senior producer different from a producer? What does a senior producer do? And who are DBU's senior producers? Without further ado, Auto In. Welcome, everybody, to Auto In. We are back with episode 11. Episode 11, that's what this one is. My name is Seth Kelly, and I'm your only host for today, unfortunately. Garrett and Will are both out sick. Not COVID, but um, various other issues. I just realized the door's open. Which door? That door. That doesn't matter. Okay, it's all good. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, it's shut. Okay, kind of shut. I oh yeah there we go. Um, what is what is this wonderful voice that is emanating from the other side of me right now? What well, is the name? Well, this wonderful being is Harrison again, <laughs> and I'm actually here for a full episode, but I'm actually kind of sad I don't get the Garrett Grams. I know, yeah, that's an unfortunate part. That's something that's a cross that Will has to bear, never being able to do Garrett Grams. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about senior producers, which is fitting because Harrison is a senior producer over here. I am. Yeah. I am that. Indeed. In fact, we we just call him SP for short instead of Harrison um, because he's he's such a senior producer that we just call him SP for short. They don't actually do that. They call me Harrison. Yeah, that's true. It's it's short for Harrison Witcher, but I guess I guess anything is short for anything if you if you really think about it. And if, everything could be abbreviated. I know everything. <laughs> everything everything could be an abbreviated version of everything we see around us or everything in the observable universe. Wouldn't it be wild if you could abbreviate anything into like three forms of punk, punctuation? So your period, your exclamation point, your question mark. Any word you say could be categorized categorized into like one of those two things that might you know it might be an interesting game to like have a sentence and then you abbreviate every single word and then the other person has to guess what the sentence is saying so it just sounds like gibberish yeah so well it looks like gibberish okay okay. if they write it down i guess it is harder if you were to say it out loud and then 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 it's just like early 2000s texting language (laughs) actually yeah okay well Evidently, I'm behind my time instead of ahead of my time um, or, or ahead of its time. I don't know. Time is crazy. Um, so, so let's start off on, on what is a senior producer? What, what does that mean? What does that involve? Well, uh, the senior producer oversees kind of everybody. Chris is the boss. My boss is Chris. However, everyone under me, I don't know. I wouldn't consider them I'm their direct boss. I'm more of a leader in a leadership mm-hmm. position. Uh, so the senior producer is responsible for teaching people uh, all the knowledge of the broadcast things, right? So whether that be Dante, Patch Bay, audio, you name it, I've got to be knowledgeable in all those areas. So you, the senior producer doesn't always have to be a senior, it's usually the people who are who are the most knowledgeable and most trustworthy people uh, that can run the department. So I'm more on the hands-on engineering side of things. I'm I'm usually called in when there's a problem that needs to be fixed and Chris can't be there. I'm called in 
a, a lot of my role when I'm not doing, you know, the fun things, I say fun things, directing or uh, mm-hmm. a role like that, um, I'm usually the EIC. So like I talked about last time, my job in that position is to go fix everything. And with that, I've got to have the knowledge of everything. Uh, I also just kind of fill in everywhere that I need to. So the senior producer is kind of like, he's not the big dog, uh, but he he definitely assists in running the department. It's the highest position you can be as a student worker, if that makes sense. He's the grown-up pup of the big dog. I am a pup. (laughs) I am indeed a pup. Everyone else is like everyone else is like a is like a Chihuahua puppy, uh-huh. and then and then Chris would be like the Great you know, Dane. Yeah, and then the senior producers would be I'd you say know, corgis. Corgi? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking maybe Labrador. Well, I'm saying it's still bigger than a than a uh, not poodle, <laughs> bigger than a Chihuahua, <laughs> but you know, significantly not as big as uh, Great Dane. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah. I just. I. I don't call the shots. Chris shots. Wow, I don't call the shots. Chris makes. Oh. Uh, so Chris like, shots a lot of shots around. Me. Shots fired. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so like with him, it's like administrative things, things that we as students don't take care of. I don't teach uh, unless it's on the job. I mean, I think there's a pretty big, like, significant difference in what our our roles are. And what Chris's role is, and the other roles of the department. So, so an important thing you established there is that a senior producer doesn't have to be a senior. Caleb Correct. Todd is one of our other senior producers, and he's not a senior. I'm the oldest, and I've I'm <laughs> nobody's my, gonna beat me to beat me out of the what's what's the phrase? I'm I, showing I had my a great age joke right there. now. And then, <laughs> and then you lost it. And then I lost it. Dad gummit. Who all was? Who all was in your? I was thinking, like, since even even while I was here, there were a couple of people who have kind of come in and moved out. And I was thinking, who are the first people? Like the people that were there at my very first staff meeting. Uh huh. Who were the people that were there at your very first? So staff my meeting? my very first staff meeting uh, was in the summer, right? So I, I was hired back. When Greg Holabas still worked here, uh, and he was like, "You know what? You need an on-campus job. Here you go." I was like, "You know what? I'll take it. I need to make money." And so I started that summer, and that was when I caught, you know, kind of started learning everything. But my very first staff meeting in that in the summer was just me, Julia, who is now gone, I think. Yes, Sylvia, who is now married and doing church things. And Nick, and I cannot pronounce his last name, but he, if you listen to the Locked On Mavs podcast, it's a huge Mavericks podcast. He runs that. Uh, and I follow him on Twitter, and he's got a check mark, I think. So that, that, oh. that was who was in my, my meeting. And then the first one during the school year, uh, Kelly was there. Uh, who else? Uh, Jason Linquist was there. Savannah Lopez was there. Uh, Sylvia was there. Nick was gone. Julia was there. Rhett was there. Y'all don't know Rhett. Rhett was a guy who left and he's actually, or he was doing film school. I don't know what he's doing right now. Uh, I want to say I'm missing one more. Were Selena or Cody there at the time? Cody, maybe. I'm not sure. Selena wasn't there until I think a year or two later. So oh, okay. my, my sophomore year was when Selena was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, so in my very first staff meeting, I believe it, it was pretty similar to the lineup that we have today. Um, I believe it was you were on my very first staff me- or you were on staff. I think you were there for the first staff meeting. Probably. But, um, you were on staff. Um, Travis, Selena, Kelly, um, Michaela was also on staff at the time. Um, also on staff at the time was Bon. I think I remember yeah. Bon being there for the staff meeting because he because so, he knew Chris beforehand, and so he, um, so I think he was hired before I was. So that that would make sense because he was there at the very first staff meeting. There, um, I feel like I feel like I'm forgetting someone as well. Oh, Caleb was there. Yep, and Chris, all of them were there in Savannah, right? Savannah, I was she actually don't then? think she was there. Okay, she might have been gone before your time. Yeah, there were some people that I like heard stories of every so often, like Savannah or Cody. And I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I um, met Cody and now work. Um, I, I volunteer for for um, church stuff with him. I love Cody. Cody's a guy. Yeah, he's a character. Love him to death. Absolutely. He he went and got us donuts every so often, and like White Rhino one time. First time I ever got White Rhino was because he went and got us White Rhino. Really. Um, we paid for it, but he got it. So it was <laughs> yeah, like, it sounds about right. Let's see. So, so another thing to establish, um, also is that this is a student worker position, yeah. uh, which you already, um, established, but volunteers are, um, are not assigned this job. And also a senior producer, as we established, doesn't have to be a senior, but also doesn't have to be a producer every time during the game. They're, they often direct or are engineer in charge. So, uh, the difference between a senior producer and a producer is a producer, that's a position that you work during the game and has to do with, and we talked about this on the last episode that you were a part of, where the producer is the communication between, um, in a basketball game, for instance, the people in the Berg and the people in control through comm. And um, that's not the kind of position that senior producers are are in when they come into work because there's no game going on. There's no need to be like, you know, in communication between the Berg. Anybody can be down in the Berg, um, you know, setting up for a game that's going to happen the next day um, or up in control, you know, troubleshooting some, some like issue that we have. Um, yeah. So the technology that's involved in the job is also the technology that, Anyone who's a production assistant will also need to use, except production assistants are called on less to do things like um, fiber patching um, and and Dante patching as well. Two different kinds of patching, which I, I just recently kind of differentiated. So because it was recent, I don't know that I would be the best authority for that. So could you give us kind of a difference, like compare uh, contrast and comparison between Dante patching and fiber patching. Yeah, so fiber fiber patching deals with our our signal flow with like cameras or you know program feeds or whatever. If we're not sending it over internet, it's over what we call fiber, and basically that's just a fiber optic cable uh, that we you know run information through. It's as fast as light, uh, which is really nice when you're doing camera stuff because it's instant instantaneous, right? So fiber has to do with all of those physical things. Um, with Dante, Dante patching is over a network. So with Dante patching, you have to have an idea of 
uh, networking and how that works and getting it all to work. That's one thing they teach you. Uh, so you, another thing, uh, going back for fiber, it's a very linear signal flow. You think, okay, from this point in the chain, if something goes wrong, you know, you got to think up where, you know, where, where would this thing, if it were to go wrong, be in this chain and where do we go from there? Uh, but yeah, with Dante, it's, it deals with internet with Dante. We send audio. It's mainly audio over a network. Um, latency is a big deal, um, with it, obviously. Um, I actually did a job with Aaron Hollabaugh over at, uh, what is it? Connect Church. I think it used to be Pantega Bible Church. Uh, but we recorded an entire session, uh, for one of their nights of worship. Um, Aaron was running the made board out of the house and he was sending me Dante patches of every single track that that board was getting. So I was just recording it into Logic recording what was coming from the board. So you can do a lot with Dante. Okay, so uh, before we get to the first break, one more thing uh, that a senior producer may be called upon to do is work out people's scheduling. So um, this can involve, um, we use Microsoft Teams for our scheduling, specifically the shifts feature to organize our shifts, when, like what days we're coming into work, um, what times we're coming into work, what days and times we can't come into work, which makes it easier for whichever senior producer is called upon to to work out scheduling. It makes it easier for them to organize it. I have really bad ADHD, so thankfully uh, Caleb takes over all the scheduling stuff because I just forget. Caleb's a dog for doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like I said, he he's definitely more on the administrative side, and I'm more of like the hands-on, like, Chris calls me and, hey, can you come fix this? Or are you on campus? I mean, he does that for both of us. But I think Gallup has a little more responsibility having to deal with schedules and having to deal with, uh, you know, not just our schedules, but also the schedules of volunteers and getting all of that put in. So he, he, he's got his work cut out for him. It's a complicated job because it's a lot of different people to, to kind of juggle. You know, you have you – have, um, as far as a regular workday is concerned, you have something like 10 different people uh, or more that you are working out the different schedules of. Um, a lot of people have, you know, it's it's hard enough to work it out, work out scheduling with one person as anyone, for example, who has been in video production and has to like or really any group project and has to work out scheduling with a whole bunch of people um, when when it's just your job to do that for something like 12 people and for for games also. Uh, a lot of different volunteers, and that's like, wow, this is a lot of this is a lot of work to do. Um, another program that we use, we the two main programs we use are Microsoft Teams and this other one called Planting Planting Center. It works. <laughs> Planning Center, um, which it, I think it was created for churches and and kind of like is is centered around you know scheduling worship practices and things like that services. Um, but we use, and w- which is why I realize right now they're called, uh, that's why it's the app is called services, I guess. Crazy. Yeah. Um, wild. but, uh, we use planning center to schedule games and, um, and assign people positions for the game. And so whenever we get a planning center request, then we accept that. Or, uh, in rare cases, we decline it and tell them the reason why, um, and, and that's how we kind of, we, we, 
juggle everyone's schedules and try and get them in for games and in for work uh, and things like that. It's a, it's a rip-roaring fun time. Oh, yeah. Super oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, we're going to get into a break. And then when we get out of the break, we're going to be doing a little bit more talking on um, on senior producers. What are some unspoken rules? Um, any funny stories, perhaps? How hard is the job? Things like that. So stay tuned and we'll get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back to Auto In, and we are going to get into uh, first a question that I had a little while ago, but the moment passed. And so now I'm going to bring it back to that moment. Uh, you mentioned how you talked with Greg Hollibaugh about uh, getting this job, or rather, he approached you about it. And I'm wondering, since you're a music major, what connection did you have to, um, to Professor Hollibaugh? to get get you into that conversation. So Dr. Greg, <laughs> now now Dr. Greg. Uh oh. <laughs> he his son Aaron and I have been best friends growing up since about 5th or 6th oh. grade, right? Wow. So we took piano from my grandmother together. We were in drumline, we did percussion stuff from like 7th grade, 8th grade, drumline from you know, ninth grade all the way through twelfth grade, and we've we've stayed really close over the years. Just he he'll get me on different jobs and stuff like that. Um, his girlfriend went here, and so I he ran into him. He used to spend the night at my place all the time whenever uh, he would come here and visit her. So that's how that's how Greg and I are close. Is really through Aaron. Um, but yeah, how how I got the job was I when I when I got here, my mom was like, "Hey, you should probably start looking at a at a new job or something." I was like, you know what? I'm working at the ballpark. I was working for the Rangers at the time doing parking. You're like, yeah, I probably need to work somewhere on campus that allows, you know, flexibility. Doing parking? And yeah, I was doing – I was a parking attendant. I I, oh. I ran and grabbed cones. I was the, the orange cone supervisor, if you will. Oh, I didn't realize they had those. Uh, Sure. <laughs> That's what I put on my resume. Dang in, it. in Indonesia, people just walk up and do that. Really? And they're called parkiers. And so they like they do hand motions and things like that to help you park your car even when you don't need help. And then they expect like a quarter. Uh, well, well, the equivalent of a quarter in Indonesia, which would maybe be about uh, maybe about like two thousand to two thousand rupiah. I oh, think. my gosh. That's expensive. Inflation. Oh, no. Oh, well, yes. Inflation yes, yes. is crazy. I think a hundred dollars there is a million rupiah. That's just too confusing for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just so much. I mean, more or less, um, because I think it's a little bit less. Like it's something like nine hundred eighty thousand rupiah or something. Well, still, um, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how how Aaron and I were close. So whenever I was talking to Greg, well, I wasn't talking to Greg at the time. I knew Greg, and I knew he worked here. Originally, I emailed him. I was like, "Hey," or no, I had I had a a, a meeting with Doctor Murrah. He's like, hey, I'll hire you to come work on media services if you cut your hair. And I used to have hair like past my shoulders. And at the time, I was like, I don't know. I really digged it. And I was like, eh, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? Right. Um, so I was like, you know what? No. So I text, not text. I, I sent Greg an email and said, you know, hey, hey, Greg, Terrison, here this next year. Uh, I'm looking for an on-campus job, and originally I put in the thing was like, "Hey, do you know if there's any 
work like student worker positions available in the music studio, not knowing anything about it or the progress or the uh what is it the the prerequisites of working in the studio like you've got to go through different things you really you can't work there until like you're a junior or a senior or unless you just know the thing right oh wow, I didn't know that yeah, I didn't either, and Greg was like, hey, I'll hire you I went, like what am I gonna do? say no it's a job offer uh so right. i was like you know what shoot let's do it and he said okay email cindy this this and this and then you'll start monday and granted this was on like a thursday or a friday and i'm like I, what so that was how i got the job was i i kind of knew some well, i did know somebody um but it, i was actually looking for a job somewhere else um and greg was like dude i'll hire you um, and so I took that opportunity and I've worked here ever since, except for about a, a week because I left to go work at discount and then I came back. Thank you, Chris. Oh, nice. Um, okay. So being a senior producer, yeah. I imagine there are a number of unspoken rules. Um, what, what are, what are some of them? Things that you can only learn by experience. Oh gosh. Unspoken rules and things you can only learn by experience. How about when things break? That, that's a great way. Uh, a lot of what Chris had me do like over the summers or whatever, it's, hey, I need you to look into this thing and become an expert at it, right? So like this past summer, we were trying to figure out how to do eSports. We were trying mm. to figure out, you know, hey, we need a new editing computer. Uh, build one for me, right? Two things I'm super passionate about that I just absolutely love, computers and more computers. Um, and I, I completely design myself how we do esports mm. um, to the point of I think Discord was Caleb's idea. I was originally wanting to put a like a I don't know, like an audio interface down there and have commentators come in the same way we do baseball and just pipe that up to Horner over Dante or you know whatever. Um, so that was that, that was kind of. Uh, my task was become an expert in this field, learn how it works, and be able to execute it. So senior producers are often asked to do that very thing is, you know, hey, look up this part. Can you go and get it? Sure, I'll go and get it from Home Depot. Or can you do research on the warranty on this? It's a lot of like, it's a lot of going above and beyond of what is already required for you at work. Right. So here it's like if you get your task done, I've, I've gotten the bad habit of like just sitting around on my phone. But as a senior producer, you get you, like these really broad tasks that you need to go and be able to execute and complete um, and then be able to teach others how to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So the go to person for this job, of course, is anybody who is who is assigned this position at work. Um now, this isn't like a, tr a kind of transient position. Like, you're not assigned it one day and then, like, not assigned it the next. No, when when you're assigned a senior producer, you're pretty much a senior producer unless you just screw up royally bad. Right. Uh, you're a senior producer until you either quit or you leave. Mm. So it, it you hold that responsibility throughout however long you have it, I guess. It's yeah. not. It's not like, oh, you have one senior producer this year, and then you have another the next, right? Typically, we have two or three. Right now, we have two. It's me and Caleb. Okay. So, any any funny stories about being senior producer by any chance? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. 
Uh, being senior producer, I wound up underneath the berg more times than I'd like to count. Mm. Running cabling, uh, you would not believe what is down there. It is just a giant sloping hill with the occasional uh, rodent. Oh, so you went like underground? Oh yeah, where all the cables run. Oh yeah, we were having to do new five. Uh, this might have been before I was a senior producer, but mm. regardless, I was there. I was a part of it. I'll have a funny story coming up. I'm, I'm supposed to be going up and getting the camera we have out of the uh, chapel steeple down. Heights don't bother me, but I know heights kind of bother somebody, some people. But mm. I do know the chapel steeple sways, and I'm eager to climb it from the inside, <laughs> not the outside. Just for the challenge. But other than that, funny stories. I don't know. I don't have any right now. Oh, you said I, you had one coming up. I, yeah, the when I climb it. As in, oh. when I do it. Oh, ha. <laughs> Ask Rodrigo, because most of my funny senior producer stories come from Rodrigo directly. I feel like he has some sort of profound, like, repository of funny stories for yes. each of us. That needs to be that needs to be a babes thing. Like, just Rodrigo tell a bunch of funny stories. I've actually never been to babes with the broadcast, um, with the broadcast like team it's fun unfortunately chris doesn't buy but if he does you have to pay him back oh. uh, but it, it's fun usually someone spills something and they get made fun of the whole you know whatever nice yeah i did go to babes um my grandparents took me out for babes um on my birthday so i did get to experience it man babes is something else let me tell you yeah i love babes yeah, me too. I got the chicken fried steak. I think yeah, the one you can time. go chicken tenders. Uh, no, because I was I was thinking like there are so many good meats here um, that I I want to like spread them out. Like right. I well, well if, here's the deal: if you and everybody you're with gets chicken tenders, you just bring out a mountain of tenders. Oh, okay. And it, it feels like all you can eat. But there's really like a set amount of tenders. It's actually really, really nice. Oh, okay. Is that what you guys normally do at Babes? I oh, imagine that. Yes. Oh, so people hardly deviate from the tenders. I haven't deviated from the tenders since I started going there. Mm. Yeah, I've always gotten tenders. I don't think I've gotten anything else. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah, uh for context, if if you don't know this, Babes is a family style um chicken place. Where you can get, and actually, well, uh, as I said, I got chicken fried steak, which which it took me a long, long time to figure out that chicken fried steak wasn't chicken. No. It was just fried like is, fried chicken. It is steak, quote unquote steak, that is fried the same way chicken is fried. Yeah, I couldn't get past that. I was like, I was... Then if you get the chicken fried chicken, then why can't you just say, but yet it's different than fried chicken, you know? Yeah, that was, that's what I was wondering. Like, why do they call it chicken fried chicken instead of just fried chicken? Unless it is, unless it is fried chicken. Hold on. Like, I felt like that was the same thing as calling a grilled cheese sandwich like a grilled cheese grilled cheese sandwich. Yes, it's like a dub, double negative or double entendre. Or like a grilled grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not, a, it's not just a grilled sandwich. It's a grilled grilled sandwich, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and so this wouldn't be just fried chicken. It would be chicken fried chicken. Correct. Huh. Okay. Well, chicken fried steak, then, is beef, but fried like chicken. 
So I was like, I, I was convinced that chicken fried steak was chicken for a good bit. And I was like, I'm going to die on this hill. And then they went, okay, take a bite out of your chicken fried chicken right now. I know it looks like fried chicken, but take a bite out of it. Now look inside it. That is clearly steak, not chicken. And then my world was rocked. So, do they have other things like chicken fried chicken? Yeah, they've chicken got they've got fried chicken. They've got catfish. They've got uh, chicken fried catfish, or do they just call no, it catfish? Just, fried, just catfish? No, just okay. normal catfish. Uh, what else? I don't think they have like the rotisserie chicken. I think it's just mainly that stuff and the catfish. Oh, and the tenders at Babe's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the t- I thought the tenders were included. Oh yeah, they were already established. Um. I don't know when we're going to be able to do that. We weren't able to do that because, you know, it's a family style place. And the the time when we would normally do that is sometime in, I guess, April or May. But, you know, COVID I really happened. don't know. We kind of just go whenever we'd say babes and they said, yeah, let's go to babes. Yeah. But by the time, like, it would be appropriate to go, we just never got around to it before COVID hit and like a bunch of you know, restaurants closed down, and by the time it opened again, it still wasn't necessarily safe to have like a family style yeah. um, deal with this big a group of people. Um, like I went to Babe's um, for my birthday, but it was just me and my grandparents, so it was, and I was I was perfectly well, so um, so it was all good, and they were perfectly well. Um, so, so yeah, but I highly recommend it. Babes, like not just for the food, but also just kind of for the ambiance. Like it's, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole Southern deal that you're signing up for when you, when you walk into a babes and also some very good food. Like I, I think they got me also dessert that one time. Do you guys get the full deal normally? Like the, the sides and the, um, Oh yes. Oh yes. We love the full blown like the corn, the sweet corn, the salad, the sweet salad, everything there is just good. The biscuits are good, gravy's good, um, green beans are good. Yeah, we we get the whole nine yards when we go. Oh man, you got to. It's the only way to have babes. I'm feeling like some babes right now, but Gosh. I would be going by myself, and that would be like okay, <laughs> dude. That would that would put me to sleep. I'm already falling asleep while recording this. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's boring. I'm just exhausted. Yeah, because golf. Golf takes a lot out of you. I need a Red Bull or two. <laughs> two at the same time. One one out of the left side and one – or into the left side rather than into the right side. Yeah, just two in my mouth. Just, just double, double fisting. <laughs> um, okay, so before we go to our second break, senior producer, uh, how hard a job do you think it is on a scale of 1 to 10? One being – Easier than all the other jobs, 10 being harder than all the other jobs. I put it in a good, like, maybe six or seven. It's not, like, crazy difficult. You just have to know how things operate and your way around different things. And then being able to manage people, being able to, you know, if you're wanting to go into a, a role of leadership or management, the senior producer is, like, definitely the greatest role for you because you're learning how to manage people and, and manage a project uh, making sure everything gets done. Yeah. As long as you have the initial knowledge, I imagine senior being a senior producer isn't that hard. Like any, you know, if someone who is completely new to it, like a volunteer, you yeah. know, was put into senior producer yeah, <laughs> every no. day, they'd be like, uh, 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 so we, you know, Chris would never do that. Um, 
the volunteers on the senior producer job because it's a student worker position and you got to know a good bit. But um, but once you get in the swing of things, I imagine it's it's just that a lot is expected of you. But yeah, well, that being said, uh, we're going to go into our second break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into some Q&A and an auto in related news piece just to kind of prepare yourselves. Uh, Harrison's going to take a little a little power nap real quick and then we'll get back to it. I'm shutting down. And we're back to auto in. We're going to be talking about um, whatever, whatever, whatever God leads us to talk about. Fair enough. So we're going to get into our Q&A question. And this week's Q&A question is from Caleb from Penang, Malaysia. His question is, is water wet? And what is the texture of water? So, actually, I saw, I saw, Google says water is not wet, right? Oh, I didn't know they took an official position. However, I don't trust that position, right? Because water in the state that it is actually in is wet. A liquid is wet. It's not a solid. It's not cold. A, A solid can't be wet. Unless it's jello, then it could be. Well, I guess you could. A solid can't be wet. It can be wet by something else, but it had. But the substance itself is wet in order for it to, I guess, uh, transfer those properties to another object. Okay, thus so classifying that it is wet, right? So my energy drink that I have right here is wet. It is the outside is cold, the outside is wet. The drink itself is wet. It's a liquid. Okay. So the whole the whole idea behind water isn't wet is the the argument that a liquid is not wet because you describe the liquid as wet once you are submerged in it. Does that make sense? E- so kind of. So you can like if I – the sand, hand sanitizer over here, I've got two drops in my hand. Is the hand sanitizer wet? Well, that's the question yeah. that they're trying to it is. get at. Because I feel that it's wet. So if I feel that it's wet, then when I don't feel it, it also has to be wet. So, so here, here's here's the art, another point. Does a bear poop in the woods? I Absolutely. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> right? If if a tree falls in the woods, does it still make a sound? I imagine. If I'm not touching something that is wet, is it still wet? That's kind of a red herring. There you go. Ba- bears pooping in the woods and No, that's not that's not to agree with your point. That's to discount the point. Bears poop in the woods. Bears poop tons of places. Well, I'm not saying bears. I'm talking don't. <laughs> a typical bear, not a not a grizzly bear, not a you know a polar bear, a bear specifically that lives in the woods. Do they poop in the woods? Yes. Okay. Uh huh. So what I'm seeing here is actually more of a non sequitur. So the, I'm using- the original premise is that bears poop in the woods, and then the conclusion you draw from that is that water is wet. Yes, because he. It- you can't answer this question with science, right? Science isn't going to tell you if something's wet. It can tell you the state that it is. Which wet would in- be included. Would induce that it is a liquid that is wet. 
Right? So my whole point with going like to the bear poop in the woods thing, right? Right. If or no no the tree thing. Like okay. forget the bear thing. If a tree okay. falls in the woods, <laughs> does it make a sound? Yes, because once it hits the ground, there's vibrations and you hear it. Whether you hear it or birds hear it fly off, it makes a sound. Okay. Just because you're not present doesn't mean the state is changed or is altered just because you don't perceive it as such. So if I am if my hand is submerged in a liquid, I'm saying that liquid's wet, right? However, if my hand is not submerged in the liquid and I'm looking at it, I can still say, you know what? That liquid looks wet. That water looks pretty wet to me. Okay, so wetness is subjective. Yes. If you think that something is wet, it makes the object wet. So it can be wet for one person but not for another person? No, because it shouldn't be subjective. A liquid is oh. wet. Okay, End so it's story, not subjective. Period. Yeah. So a an object is or is not wet no matter how someone feels it is. Correct. So if someone feels that something that an is object, wet is not wet. An object's wetness – and I'm going to quote <laughs> – I don't know if it's Donald Trump. Or but – it does not care about your feelings, right? Oh. The state of things don't care about how you feel about them. If the, it's wet, it's wet. Water is wet because it is a liquid and liquids are wet. Are you talking Ben Shapiro? Facts don't care about your feelings. That probably. Yeah. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> Which is Steven Crowder. I love but, Crowder. <laughs> um, okay. So I would I, – I'll argue for the sake of argument that – Water is not wet. Okay. Um, I think that there are two different yardsticks. So I think your yardstick for wet um, is that wet is not a state of being, but is instead the transition from one state of being to some kind of partial other. Like something that is solid is only wet once something that is wet spills onto it. Correct. So, so a wet is a trans. So wetness is a more of a transition than a state what? of being from liquid to, uh, to from solid. Sorry, to solid with liquid on it. You're saying that something is wet, as in an object is wet because a liquid is on it. But what? But my counter argument is, then how can you say that thing is, you know, wet if you can't consider that a liquid is wet? How does it transfer those properties to it? Well, th- well, that's what I'm saying. I was, I was trying to summarize your argument for the sake of setting up my rebuttal, which is that a liquid in and of itself is wet. Is not wet. Those are the warrants. So, y- so you would say that water is wet because it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of circular. Actually, both of our arguments. Your argument being that a water, that water is wet because liquids are wet. Uh-huh. My argument being water is not wet because liquids are not wet. So it's kind of I actually both begging the question. I've kind of I've I've thrown out like three names for logical fallacies at this point. (laughs) (laughs) This is people get into shouting matches over this. I think I saw I I saw a video of these two guys like literally yelling at each other at the tops of their voices and like. (laughs) I'm gonna consult Reddit. Reddit's usually right about these things. Okay. Yes, Reddit. We're we're looking on Reddit for the answer to. Is water wet? This will determine, by the way, the this is this is your one source for the objective answer to this question: Is water wet? And of course, our us being a secondary source, the primary source being Reddit. 
Here we go. Water is, in fact, wet, as substantiated by George Orwell in 1984. What? How? Where? Truisms are true. I'm quoting. Hold on to that. The solid world exists. Its laws do not change. Stones are hard. Water is wet. Objects unsupported fall towards the earth's center. Right? If you can't... uh, I can't say that word... Accept scientific and logical appeals. Let the truth of this distinguished and lauded novel suffice. So George Orwell wrote 1984. Correct. And that was his explanation. Stones are solid, right? So he's talking about the state in which they are. So a liquid in itself has to be wet because a liquid is not a solid. Solids are hard. Liquids are, can't say soft, wet. They're liquids. Another thing says water's wet because the molecules never stop moving and at the same time they don't stop increasing and decreasing their size. Do the molecules not move in well, solids? No. Or do they just have less space to move? They they move but it is very small. Okay, well in that case wait, wait, a wait, gas wait. is also Look wet. No, because you can't Yeah, see because a the gas. molecules are always moving. Okay, then you have to define what wet is. Exactly. Which I don't think you're willing to do. No, I'm willing to define wet. Define what wet is. Okay. Um, Something is wet when it is something that is not a liquid, correct? That is saturated in some, to some extent, with a liquid. It's fair. So, um, a cup, I would argue, is wet on the inside when there's water in it, even when it's dry on the outside. It's fair. Because it is saturated to some extent with with a a liquid okay which in and of itself is not wet because a liquid cannot be saturated with itself okay it just is itself so you also just proved yourself wrong in saying that a gas is no not i'm not I, I don't believe that a gas is liquid that was my rebuttal for the fact that water is wet because the molecules are moving all the time okay so hang on so your argument that a gas can be wet is because it is saturated by something else. I do not believe that a gas is wet. Okay, good. I thought you said that. N- no, because that person said that water is wet because the molecules are always moving around. At which point I said, well, if that's true, then a gas has to be wet by that definition because the molecules are always moving around. So that's why that that's my rebuttal for saying that that is that's for saying that that is an accurate definition for wet. I don't believe it is. Um, what I would say is a a solid object, or or I would I would, uh, well yeah, I'll say a solid object because a gas, you know, you can't saturate a gas with a liquid. It's either a gas or it's a liquid. You can't pour, you know, you can pour water on a gas, but it just it doesn't follow, right? It just liquid falls onto a solid at that point, goes straight through the gas because the molecules are so, you know spread out and moving so fast it just goes straight through the gas right i mean that 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 sounds right to me i guess if it hits any of the molecules then i guess the gas is wet but um but it also talked about molecules aren't expanding or contrasting right so a gas the molecules are expanded right because they've gone beyond the evaporation point right oh so they can't be man however if a solid if it's a solid, then the molecules are colder because it's at its freezing point or below its freezing point, right? 
Okay. So technically, you could have liquid wood. Now, that I don't liquid know. Liquid wood. Yes, because wood, we think of wood as a solid. Could wood evaporate? I don't know. We know it's flammable, but technically, I'm I'm pretty sure you could get to a point where, because matter has to be, can be all three of those states, solid, liquid, gas. At some point, they have to transition to those. Okay. So how would you define water? What's the definition? What's your definition of water? I just told water? you. The whole, the whole thing before this okay. shenanigan. Okay. We have... Do we only have one question? We only have one question. <laughs> Crap! <laughs> above, so above the freezing point, below the evaporation point. That's, uh-huh. your, that's your definition for wet. Yes. Okay. At this point, we'd have to dispute semantics. So yeah. I guess we'll just like be like, okay, we got two different definitions of wet. That being said, we are going to move into an auto-in related news piece. Uh, I just want to prepare you guys for, for what's about to happen. We are, we've decided that we're going up to episode 14 for this season, but it has been renewed for a season two. That's the plan. Um, around February, I think is when we're going to start releasing season two, but, um, until then we'll just be trudging on until, well, not trudging on, um, unless we have a really painful episode where it's just like, Nobody has anything to talk about. Then there'll be a good bit of trudging. I've got a good episode idea for you. Uh-huh. Bring me back again. Bring a dog in here. I'll cover myself in peanut butter and see the dog do. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want that segment actually to just be audio only, and almost, I almost want it to have no context. Like just really? be like, and here's Harrison Witcher just doing his thing, and you're like, Wah! you just hear me across the room. Hey. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Dog just up in the mic, just go. All right, cover the mic in peanut butter and see what the dog does. <laughs> Watch it just talk. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Seth. That's a really interesting point you got there. We should bring a dog on the podcast. I think that'll be one of our future episodes. Yeah, we should interview um, it, see what happens. Season two. Yeah, we should at least get it to bark into the. That'll be our challenge: is to get it to bark into the mic without him clipping. Or her. We don't discriminate based on gender uh, of dogs. Um, so, so yes, auto in is uh, the season one is coming to a close in in a few weeks, but we will be back for season two in um, in uh, February. But for now, we still got some episodes going on. In fact, next week we're going to be talking about broadcast students and broadcast classes and. Maybe giving them a pop quiz over the class material. I don't know. Seems like it seems like that'd be that'd be it. I would say it seems like it'd be fun, but it could either be really fun or really not fun. You it should depends. try and make it fun. We we should try and like uh, we'll we'll cover one of their arms in peanut butter for every uh, question they get wrong, oh and then God. it'll be great. We could pit two broadcast students against each other. Um, Covered in peanut butter. Yeah, but we are going to talk about different broadcast classes, um, what you might expect being a broadcast major, um, broadcast textbooks, projects, things like that. It's, you get very hands-on very fast um, with all the projects that they got going on, and uh, you learn how to set up interviews like fourth class in or something like that. It's, it's a pretty good deal. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about next week. 
In the meantime, thank you very much, Harrison, for coming on the podcast, telling us about your senior producer experience. You're and, welcome. Uh, and telling us your definition of, of wet. Any last words before we get on to the end? You want last words or a f- last phrase? Or? I want both. I want one last word and one last phrase. So my last word, actually, we'll do, we'll do phrase first. Okay. Right? Second place is just first loser. Okay. That's a solid last phrase. My last word will be pudding. All right. Well, this has been Auto In, hosted by Seth Kelly with special guest Harrison Witcher, with music produced and performed by Jesse Liked and logo designed by John Brazino. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Auto out.